Welcome to BTS with Bertha podcast. This is episode two, and I'm so happy to have you all back. How did you enjoy last week's episode? A lot of you tuned in on live. We had a chat. You were in my DMs. I really enjoyed y'all. Thanks for all your feedback. Last week on my live, I talked about a cause that is near and dear to my heart. For those of you who don't know, my family owns a daycare, and we have a little boy in our daycare named Christopher Vinson, who was recently diagnosed with DIPG. DIPG is a highly aggressive and difficult to treat brain tumor that's found in the base of the brain. His tumor is located in his brainstem, which makes it hard to control most of his vital functions such as breathing, blood pressure, his heart rate, his eyesight. Christopher is only four years old. And unfortunately, approximately 300 children in the U.S. are diagnosed with DIPG each year. Uh, Christopher and his family just recently moved into a new home, and now they have the added expense of medical bills, which are weighing very heavy on their family. So if you can find it in your hearts, guys, please take some time to read Christopher's story. He's just a sweet little boy who loves Spider-Man and Black Panther and our favorite song that we used to sing together, Herman the Worm. He's such a sweet child. So if you can, please take some time to read his story um, and donate if you can. No donation is too big or too small, whether it's a dollar or a hundred dollars, whatever you have on your heart, uh, please donate to this cause to help this family out. Thank you in advance, guys. So today's topic is going to be about assisting. This was a highly requested topic. Shout out to Zoe and Ty, who have been telling me, sis, talk about assisting. Assisting is a great way to learn about the industry, and especially when you're starting out. It helps you get comfortable on set, understand the different terms, because listen, there are different terms when it comes to working on set. If you work in TV and film, there's all types, like my favorite, 10-1, <laughs> which means I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and shameless plug, a friend plug, we're going to call it. If you want to learn more about set jargon, I highly suggest checking out Tiffany Lumpkin's ebook, The Camera Ready Handbook. So assisting is like a trial run of your dream career because you basically get to experience set life without the pressure of being the key artist. Because trust me, being the artist that's responsible for everybody is a lot of pressure. This week, I'm going to give you guys some advice on how to become an assistant. And once you land the job as an assistant, how to be a great assistant. Assistant. Wow, that was wordy. But stick with me. I'm going to bless you. You know what I'm trying to say. So to piggyback off of last week's episode, before you even go into trying to assist the artist, you want to know what is my niche? Because the goal is to assist the artist who's aligned with your vision. So really... Let's say for me, okay, you guys know I'm in a clean beauty and I'm in a film and TV. That's my thing. I'm not going to go off and try to assist the artist who's working in bridal because that's just not, that's not my ministry. That's not where I'm trying to be at. So therefore, I want to make sure that I'm picking somebody who's aligned with my vision. So three steps to finding out how to become an assistant is one, email the artist. Go on their Instagram, Twitter, however you're finding them. 
see if they have an email and email them. Give them some comments. Tell them what you like about their brand. You know, maybe really deep dive and study. You know, you don't want to just say, hey, my name is Brittany Rogers. I like your work and I want to assist. You want to come off like you know them. You know, you're familiar with their brand and you're really interested in trying to work with them. And look, get your email together, okay? I love y'all. So I don't want you to be emailing from boobookitty at gmail.com. First and last name at gmail.com. Keep it professional. Hair and makeup agencies keep a list of assistants that they will reference when their main artists need an assistant. Somebody keep account of how many times I said assistant. But basically, when their main artist needs help, they'll reference that list. So you can write the agency and say, hey, I am such and such and such, and I would like to be added to the assistant list for when your main artists need help or need support. Three, you can email the artist's representation. So if they are assigned to an agency, most likely they have an agent. You can look on the website, find the person's name, and email them saying, hi. So let me give you an example. Hi, my name is Brittany Rogers. I'm a makeup artist working in the New York and Washington, D.C. area. I'm writing you in regards to assisting Terry Davis. And then, you know, you can put more information about yourself. Um always leave a link to your portfolio and your resume now after you contacted you know you done your emails don't get discouraged if you don't hear from somebody right away or if they say no just because they said no doesn't mean they're not interested in you they may have somebody that they work with already who they're comfortable with or they just might work better alone remember delayed doesn't mean denied So stay encouraged. And two, don't be afraid to follow up. A lot of artists miss their chances because they're too afraid to reach out. Remember, the artist you're trying to contact or the agent, they get a thousand emails a day. They're super busy. And sometimes your email just may get lost in the flood of emails that come in. Don't be afraid to follow up or call. If there's a number, call the office. Now that you landed the job as an assistant, I want to let you know what you should expect when you go to set and also give you tips on how to be a great assistant. If you guys haven't noticed by now, I love to give a little list. So here we go with a list. (laughs) One, you might not get paid. I hate to break it to you. If you're looking to get paid as, as an assistant for your first couple of jobs or even social media credit, Just go ahead and quit now. Hate to sound mean. Assisting is a chance for you to learn, grow, and get comfortable with bigger sets. And remember, you're there to support the artist and to learn. My first couple assistant jobs didn't pay, but the experience that I walked away with was worth more than a check and more than a class I could ever take. Um, It was worth millions. Uh, My very first assistant job was with Streeters. I remember they called me on a Wednesday and they were like, hey, can you get can you come to set on Friday? Mind you, Streeters is in New York. I live in the DMV area. So I was like, sure, no problem. I didn't know if I was getting paid. I didn't know what brand I was working with. And honestly, I didn't care. It was just a chance for me to learn. So I got in my car. 
Moment of honesty, I was broke, like broke AF, y'all. So I ran all the tolls. I slept on my friend's couch in his salon because I got there super late. Woke up that morning, 5 a.m. It's freezing. It's December in New York. I get to set, and it was for Tory Burch. The guy who I was assisting was so sweet, and he gave me a $100 tip. Thank the Lord, because I was able to get back home. I mean, I had a little money to get back home, but not that much. From there, I got hired, and they kept calling me back, calling me back. But just imagine if I was like, um, okay, well, what's the pay? Well, who's it for, you know? I wasn't there for that. I was there to learn and get the experience. I didn't care if we were working with a no-name brand and we were going to be outside all day. It was more so about getting to know what bigger sets are like, um, seeing what it's like to work under an agency, and just getting a different experience out of what I was used to. Number two, you may not touch a face. A lot of times when we think assisting, we think, oh, we're going to come on set. We're going to do makeup. You know, we're going to have let's bring our kit so you can be ready. And that's not what happens. Some days you might get a coffee. You might some days you might make the coffee run. You might clean up a kit or you'll take the BTS photos if BTS photos are allowed. My first couple of assisting jobs, I didn't do any makeup. I went and got lunch, I went and got coffee, and I was fine with that because, again, I wasn't there to make it about me, to be that star artist. I was there to learn. So if I had to get the coffee and I could just sit on set and watch and see how things were being ran, that was fine with me. Three, when you're going to set and you're assisting somebody, remember, it is not about you. In today's world of social media, we want to be the popping artist that's front and center. But again, you're not there for you. You're there to support the artist. And now support comes in many forms. Like I was saying before, you may not do a face, but instead you may do coffee runs, clean brushes, or you may just make your artist food. So you have to be okay. Humble yourself to say, okay, listen, put your ego aside and be okay with supporting another artist and learning. Till this day, I still assist. And assisting has got me so far. Just imagine if I would have had the mindset of, you know what, mm-mm, because I don't want to be nobody's assistant. I'm trying. I'm that girl, you know, I'm that artist. I don't have time for that. There are a lot of opportunities that I wouldn't have today if I wasn't okay with supporting another artist. Your time will come soon, but be okay with helping somebody else because when... When it's your time, they're going to help you. I'm sure you guys, if you follow me on social media, I'm sure you've seen me talk about Sally Kina a lot. Sally Kina is the artist that I've assisted in TV and film for about maybe three, four years now. And now she has moved on to becoming a director, a producer. So she's no longer taking makeup jobs. Because I assisted her, I know all her clients. Now she passes all of those jobs on to me. But just think if I would have said, mm-mm, Sally, I don't have time to assist you. It's the same with my assistant. When I'm not available to do certain jobs, I call Raven and I say, hey, can you take this job for me? Or if I'm out of town, maybe it's a two-week set. Raven has the job because she's okay with assisting me. She knows my process. She knows how um, I work with my clients. She's familiar with set life. Four, you want to be prepared. Before you go to set, 
or when you get there. A good way to prepare is asking your artist, how can I support you today? And what do you expect from your assistant? Or what do you expect from me as your assistant? Everybody that you work with has a different process. If, if you assist me, how I set up my kit may be different how you'll set up the next artist kit that you may assist. So before you just assume, oh, this is how I'm supposed to do it, ask them, how can I support you today? And what do you expect from me? Also, be sure to dress appropriately. Again, social media will have you thinking that, you know, I'm aware it is all black, be face, lots of jewelry, uh, heels and everything else. And that's not that's not it, sis. <laughs> you want to wear comfortable shoes. Be prepared for anything because you could be on set just as long as your artist. That means that if they're working 12 to 15 hours, you are working 12 to 15 hours. And here I go with another story. When I was assisting, I was on set one time and it's cold outside. It's freezing. Again, I'm in New York. My artist says, Brittany, I need some bleach to bleach this model's brows from my storage unit. We're down at Pier 59 Studios in Manhattan. And if you are familiar with Pier 59, you know that it's down by the water and it's cold. <laughs> so he says to me, I need you to run down to my storage unit. His storage unit was probably about six blocks. Luckily, I have uncomfortable shoes. I have on my big winter coat. And we didn't have a lot of time. We were shooting with Harper's Bazaar. So I had to kick it. Like I ran the whole way to his storage unit, opened the storage unit, hit him up on FaceTime, was like, where is it? Got it and ran back because we were on a limited amount of time. Just imagine if I would have tried to wear like some cute boots or some cute heels that day. I would have... <laughs> I would have messed up everything. I would have been fired. So I'm not saying don't dress cute. Dress cute, dress the part, look nice, but make sure you are ready for anything. Comfortable shoes, make sure you have clothes on that if you need to run, you could run is what I'm saying. And lastly, you want to stay off your phone. When you're working on set, you don't want to get distracted in case your artist needs something. You should be able to anticipate your artist's next move. You want to study them, keep quiet, and just listen. Don't be distracted on your phone. And a lot of times, if you're working a job that's a closed set, you definitely want to put down your phone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys a scenario. You're working on a set, you're assisting, and it's for Nike. They are shooting for their spring collection. And you say, you know what? A little BTS ain't gonna hurt nobody. Nobody follows me. And you decide to take a video and you get some of the clothes in your video. You post it and now it's gone viral and everybody sees this collection before it comes out. You will never have a job again. I hate to say it, but you will never have a job. And a lot of times when you're on a closed set and you have your phone out, they start looking at you sideways like, what you doing, you know? Some jobs will even take your phone from you until you're finished. So just to be on the safe side, put your phone away. Now, this isn't in my little list, but I have one more thing I want to um, I have one more thing I want to throw out there. When you're working for somebody else, don't promote yourself on set. Remember, again, you are not there for you. This is not your job. This is your artist's job. So if somebody comes up to you and say, hey, what's your name? Um, do you have a card? 
you refer them to your artist. Hi, thank you for your interest. I am working under, um, am I, I'm gonna give you an example. If it's me, somebody comes up to me, they ask me what's my rate, they love my work. Hi, you know, thank you for your interest. Um, I'm actually working under Sally Kina. If you have more questions or need to hire an artist, I would suggest reaching out to her. Here's her contact information, or you can visit her. You can talk to her a little later on set when she's done. It's not my job. And if I'm assisting somebody and their client happens to email me, I will always contact my artist first and say, hey, your client reached out to me. They wanted to know if I'm available. Seeing as though this is your contact, I want to make sure that's okay with you. Don't be shady and take a job from another artist. That's that's not cool because you don't want anybody else to do that to you. Okay, guys, hopefully you found these tips on being a great assistant or becoming an assistant helpful. So now we're moving on to the last looks section of our podcast. This is where I give advice or answer a listener's question. Or if we have a guest, our guest will provide us with the advice for today. If you are new to the industry, the term last looks refers to the hair and makeup team. It's when we're about to roll a take, which means film a scene, and the director tells us this is our this is our last chance to go in and touch up the talent before we roll on a take. So before we roll out for today, before we end this podcast, this is my advice. My advice is you define your own success. The other day, I was going through My Leak Teal's stories. And if you guys aren't familiar with My Leak Teal, she is the owner of Curlbox and she has an amazing podcast. One of my favorite podcasts called My Taught You. She has like these Q&As on Fridays and she asks one day, why aren't you successful or what's holding you back? So after she read through a lot of the answers, she posted, I'm reading through what's holding you back and some of you are already succeeding, but you can't see that because it doesn't look like Instagram success. Child, I just threw my wig off. Like she could just have my wig. That just peeled my edges way back. Because for years, I walked around thinking that I wasn't succeeding because my brand didn't look like what social media or industry standards or even society's definition of success. I felt like I needed to have 10,000 followers. I needed to have a G-Wagon and a condo that overlooks the city before I could say I'm successful. So one day I was working a gig. I'm sitting there. I'm looking at all the artists. I'm the key artist for this set. I'm looking at all the people. There are some celebrities in the room. It's a great event. And I just had a moment. And I looked at the sign and it said YouTube Black. I'm sitting here working for YouTube Black. In that same year, I had also done a film a few years before that that had won an Emmy. And I had also worked for CNN that year. But in my mind, I wasn't successful because I didn't have the followers, the G-Wagon, and the penthouse. So I'm sitting there, I'm looking around, and I started having a moment. And I said to myself, wow, there is an artist who would love to be in my position right now. But I'm so busy looking at what I don't have, I can't 
I'm not noticing what I do have, all the good things that I have. I have a great job. I don't work for anybody else. I work for myself and I'm working with brands. But again, because I didn't have what society defined as successful, I didn't have the material things to show me, oh, you're successful. I disregarded all the opportunities. And when you aren't thankful for what you have, you, you're you not you're not looking at the things that you have as like, this is awesome. You won't get more. So you got to think about what is success for you. Maybe you're going to say, you know what? What looks like success for me is having 10 weddings this year. You know, what looks like success for me is working with a new agency. What looks like success for me is getting in the union this year. There are so many artists. When I assisted at Streeters, I met so many artists, so many photographers who had like a hundred followers on social media and they're posting pictures of their cats. You wouldn't even know that they're a big time photographer or a big time makeup artist that's making like $6,000 a day because they didn't have the following or they're not showing it to you. They're not even worried about that because they, they already have what they feel like is the perfect life and the perfect career. They're not worried about what social media thinks or what other people think. And one thing that I learned is comparison kills more dreams than self-doubt ever will. When you start comparing yourself to other artists and saying, oh, they have this, so if I don't have that, my career isn't valid. Again, you can't see the wins that you already have. So my advice is to really think about what is your success? What how do you see your career? What do you want for your home? Maybe you just want a little house in the hills with a white picket fence and you want to work at a production station. That's fine. You want to you want to work for the news. That's fine. Do what's best for you. So guys, we are officially wrapping episode two of BTS with Brett. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, send me a DM. Let me know what you thought of today. Let's talk about it. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment, all that good stuff. Yeah. So until next Tuesday, bye. Thank you.